Welcome to the SoCal Bike PT Podcast, where we talk bikes, physical therapy, and everything in between. I am your host, physical therapist, Dr. Tim Wu. The SoCal Bike PT Podcast is powered by InCycle Bicycles, the high-quality bikes, parts, service, and accessories. InCycle is the one-stop shop for all things bike-related. With five convenient locations in Southern California, including Chino, Rancho Cucamonga, San Dimas, Pasadena, and the brand new location in Santa Clarita, there's an InCycle nearby so you can get out and enjoy the ride. For the latest updates on new products, events, and rides, visit InCycle.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter today. Alright, here we go. Episode 5 of the SoCal Bike BT Podcast. The Resurgence. I'm coming back from months of being in the dark depths of school. And fortunately, we're coming to you live from China Republic, Dim Sum Hour, and Ranch Cucamonga. So, every episode's a race, and for today's race, here's the call-up. Today's guest hails from Wollongong, New South Wales, in Australia. He's this year's Dana Point Grand Prix champion, as well as the master of Crybaby Hill at Tulsa Tough. He's my favorite Aussie sprinter. Currently finishing up the 2018 season with Elevate KHS, it's Scotty Law. What's up, dude? What's happening? Good Come to on. see you, man. You too. How you How you enjoying today? Good. Yeah, thanks for I've joining me for lunch. I've got a full belly lunch. and uh, got sore butt, so oh, that's perfect. it. Oh, perfect. Yeah. All right. Not in, not in that way, but oh, I mean, like... Right. No, that's all good. <laughs> all right, so let's, let's get this race started, and uh, thanks for stopping by on your Southern California farewell tour. Oh, thanks very You're much Heading home me. soon to Wollongong. Yeah. yeah. Got that right. All right, first attack questions. So what's the last ride you did? Last ride I did was with you this morning. Yeah. We got out for a cheeky little cruise around Greta Cucamonga. Yeah. Hour 45, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, we met at uh, the new clinic. I uh, took you for a tour of Rancho Cucamonga. I showed, you, I showed you the only roundabout in Southern California <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> And, um, it was a very impressive roundabout, I must say. Yeah, it was it was right on time that uh, someone with a car did not know how to do the roundabout. Yeah. Almost hit us. <laughs> and then just looked at us like we were crazy as we did the roundabout correctly. Yeah. Which is funny. I mean, it's not funny at all, but it's all good. Yeah. So what bike were you on? I was on my Team Elevate uh, KHS frame. Yeah. Uh, Happily provided by good people at KHS Bicycles. And, yeah, it uh, seems like a good enough bike. You did, you rode it to a couple of victories this year. Yeah, that's it. No, it's an awesome little bike there. And um, I think the good thing about what KHS has sort of implied throughout the year is you can make a bike that is race is a race performing bike, but is also affordable and can be readily available to anyone. So I think that's one thing that. Um, a lot of people don't tend to see in the cycling community. Right. It's like all they see is like, oh, well, it cost me twenty or thirty thousand dollars for that bike. It must be good. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can get that bike, or you can go for something that's three times less of the price. Yeah, and do exactly the same job. So yeah, I mean, I think a good testament to that is I was watching Tour of Utah, and Elevate KHS was at the front. Yeah, pulling back the brake on the circuit race. And you know you see KHS bikes at the front; they're ripping it, and behind them is the BMC and the teams on you know bigger brands. And it's like, well, it wasn't. It's not the bike; it's the rider. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. And uh, I think the um, 
I think KHS represents, I think it's knowledge, health, and strength. Yeah. So that's that's such, such a good like mantra to sort of have, especially from a, a bike company and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that's cool. And it's definitely something that resonates throughout the team as well, which is cool. Well, it's funny, you're the second rider on Elevate KHS I've interviewed um, ever. I had Brian yeah. way earlier, and since then, Brian won Belgian Waffle Ride yeah. on his damn KHS. I know. And that thing beat, he and that thing beat out literally everyone else so it tells me two things one it's a pretty bang up bike and uh it's not all about the bike it's about the rider too yeah i know that's it he's just that guy is an unbelievable unbelievable rider like and i know that (laughs) it's kind of funny like those kind of races are just down to a t for him just hard man get out there for hours on end and just beat yourself nuts and yeah not for me so, i think we're just waiting for him to just like sign up for dirty cans or something oh, at some absolutely point. yeah like we're well, just you, for it. you had some success you rode that bike to a couple of wins this season i yeah. mentioned him in the intro the, i think the the biggest one i was i was stoked i was watching you sprint you won is dana point yeah how was that that was that was pretty crazy like we we kind of went into that race thinking that we would have a good result right and we wanted to do the best that we could and i think that i think that was sort of the tipping point for us for the year to just get the ball rolling with absolutely results. and i think that's just one thing with cycling is especially with the team is um coming into it with all fresh faces and stuff you just need that one that you one that shared spark. experience that shared victory yeah bring just, everyone together for the mission it just takes one little spark to light that fire and and i think once that was lit it was it was no real stopping that us. was a solid one yeah, yeah. exactly yeah and we mean, were talking on the ride the other kind of big victory you had that has a lot of meaning was on crybaby hill this year you won out of the breakaway yeah and tell us a little bit of the history of uh how you handled tulsa tough and what this year's victory at crybaby hill meant for you yeah i think uh like crybaby hill has always been uh, i've absolutely adored crybaby hill since the first time i ever did it which was like in 2011 i think i did it with uh Flyby Australia team we came over and did it and I was this fresh faced 20 year old kid that was just riding around in a first time racing US crits and didn't really know what I was doing and I mean I think I crashed on the first night and had to ride like a spare bike from neutral service for the rest of the night so I was like just making it to the finish each day but just the pure atmosphere of that race nuts and it's just bonkers like it's there's you can't emulate that kind of feeling on on a bike like anywhere else in the country like there's plenty of races where they get big crowds and everyone gets it gets a bit into it and stuff but there's just something about that that energy that's just i mean last year you won the overall right yeah. on silence yeah which is crazy and a stage yeah and then this year on the first stage you guys elevate khs you guys had three sweep the podium yeah which is nuts for any race especially that nighttime crit i know it was just bonkers though like that that crit is always notoriously a little bit dangerous not so much dangerous it's just everyone's a little bit amped up everyone's like first night of tulsa like let's get into it let's get stuck in um i remember we started and rolled out did like one like coming around for the first lap of the course and i was like wow like we're going relatively quick like first lap in I look up at the board and we did the first lap of the course in about a minute, I think a minute 10 or a minute 15. And I think it was like, maybe a mile? Wow. No, I don't actually know. It's a fast course. Yeah, Yeah. but it was just ridiculous. I was like, so we're gonna do that, like, (laughs) 
we've got like a full hour crit, so that means we're doing like 60 laps or something of this yeah. crit. It was just, and it just did not stop. It yeah. just kept that same speed the entire way. And like, and it's not an easy, like it's not a figure eight, or it's not like a rectangle or anything like right. that. It's literally like a figure eight course. Just, so there's like, what, like eight corners. You're hitting turns on turns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we were just like, what is going on? Like it's just That ludicrous. night was nuts. Yeah. So my, I remember watching you on the Crybaby Hill break. Yeah. First of all, I was stoked that uh, our boy Hunter was in the break. Yeah. I was cheering that on. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you made it up there too. And I was like, okay, this is getting exciting. And then the break almost got caught. And then it came to the sprint. And I saw you go. And then you came across the line. And I was like, amazing victory. And then that ticked off. You've won each of the stages right yeah that's at least it. once yeah I'm, I, we need some yeah. statistician to tell us All if right. anyone else has actually done that yeah i <laughs> i don't actually know i'd probably say the only person that's probably come close to that or like has probably done that is probably someone like holloway yeah maybe might have done that i know he like anyone listen if you can figure out who else has won at least each stage of tulsa tough not in a row just yeah. in their lifetime because that'd be and the overall yeah you're like the king of tulsa tough yeah <laughs> Well, you're the king of Prime Baby Hill this year. Yeah, exactly. I just claimed that. That's, That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Um, so this first attack question, is, there's a lot of attacks flying in this race. And the last one is one we can both kind of participate in. What did you eat or drink after your ride this morning? What did I eat or drink? Well, I had pork <laughs> buns. I okay. had... Basically, what are we eating at dim sum right yeah, now? Yeah, pretty much. That was it. Yeah. Okay, we got... Let's yeah. see. We got... Uh, we had the chow mein. Chow mein. Really yeah. good. The Hong Kong style was nice and crunchy. Yeah. Uh, so you had salty, spicy, salty, spicy squid. Yeah. Yeah, extra scallion salty. Scallion pancakes. Man, scallion pancakes. Ooh, so good. good. Got some to go. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, we went a little more legit. We had the um, shrimp hagao and we had some shumai. And then Man. you ordered the soup. How was the yeah, soup? Yeah, that was good. It was really good, actually. Wonton yeah. soup. So I basically. I go to the quintessential type. Perfect. So yeah. basically we're in full-on winter training mode now. Yeah. Eat as much food as possible. Hibernation mode. Hibernation mode. Yeah. Go for just fun bike rides. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. So did you make the break or are you just sit in the field let the break go? Ooh. I think I might sit in the field and wait sit for in the, the field. sprint. Okay. So the break's gone. So now it's sitting in the field time. Yeah. Um, let's talk about a little bit more kind of PT related. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I met you and started working with you a little bit this season um so here's a good question i ask most people is uh, what's something you do either in preparation for a ride or that you swear by in your training to kind of keep your body healthy and performing at the top level across what is a season that's getting longer and longer yeah yeah so i think uh me personally i in the in the past i never really thought about doing anything before i got on the bike i was right. always like I just get up and have some breakfast, maybe have a coffee, roll out the door, see how it goes. And then recently, um, I'd started working on doing more off the bike, core stability, activation type work. Mm -hmm. And then I'd realized that once you, like when you start doing that type of stuff, your body, you can perform three, four, five times better on the bike than you could right. when you just sort of rolled out of bed and rolled on the bike. And even to the point where I've done a few rides where I'll get up in the morning if I've got like a recovery ride, I, yeah. I'm just like, ah, I can't be bothered doing the activations and stuff. I'll just get out and tick my legs over. And even just cruising along, I'm like, oh my God, like I feel horrible. <laughs> it's like, I wish I was just yeah. back in bed again. Like everything feels off, like something feels stiff, that and the other. Yeah. So. 
like I think working working with yourself mm -hmm. and doing all the the PT type work is an absolute like um, I think it's a must when it comes to riding and things oh, like yeah. that. It's not it's not just you and the bike and you just go out and ride your bike and, and do that thing. It's such a one percent type sport where it's yeah, especially you, at the the high the top end, especially as a sprinter where the just you know the margins of winning are so little. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it's just like it's it can happen in a split second, like a win or a loss. So for for me, I think the working on working on my body and, and doing that kind of thing and looking after that mm -hmm. more so has definitely helped me progress as a bike rider for sure, especially in these sort of... Oh, that's good. I mean, we saw years. you, I saw you earlier in the season and uh, the kind of activation stuff he's talking about. What we mean by activation is, um, you know, when you get on the bike, you're essentially using some of what your whole body, mostly it's focused on lower extremities and it's very what we call quad dominant activity. The muscles on the front of your legs, they kind of bend and flex your knee. It's very dominant there, but what we were working on with Scott is using your butt muscles, your, your gluteus maximus and your gluteus medius, or glutes for short. And a lot of times because we're sitting all the time in normal life and we get on the bike, we don't use those so much. Um, what you lack is you're missing out on some power there. Yeah. But from a injury prevention standpoint, what you're missing out in is the hip stability. When you can control the hip with those uh, the glutes, it allows your leg to actually generate more power in a more stable environment. So the activation exercise you're doing would wake up those muscles so that when you get on the bike, you're not pedaling and you know strengthening what you're already strong at. You're yeah. strengthening and using what could use some love, which is the strongest muscle in your body. Yeah. So. Um, now, have you been doing those exercises off the bike, like on your days off, or I gave you something to do as like an activation before you train and race? Like what's kind of been your normal regimen? So normal regimen for me would be, I usually get up in the morning, like everyone does. Yeah, <laughs> um, hopefully. Yeah, exactly, that's it. <laughs> it's hopefully. a good day, wake yeah. up above ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd get up and then I'd start doing some uh, trigger ball and foam rolling to sort of loosen up the muscles a little bit nice. after being a bit tight. Yeah, some mobility work, yeah, always good. like a little bit of like light yoga sort of work just to okay. sort of free up a little bit of the body and then um, once I've sort of done that I get stuck into some core stability and really switching that on Excellent. first. And then another activation. Yeah, and working on that as well as trying to like open up the hips as well. So like we sort of talked about, it's you more more want to switch that core on first yeah. before opening up the hips because you can you, you can try and open yeah. up the hips but it ends up opening you up. You need a stable platform at the core so that your legs can push off of it. Exactly. Yeah, we were talking about too, like on the bike, you have your hands on the bars, so that's mm -hmm. one, two, feet on the pedals, three, four, and your butt on the saddle, five. That's five points of contact with the bike. Yeah. So in theory, you can totally shut off all the muscles around your abdomen, you can shut off your hips, you can even shut off your shoulders and just hang out on your bones and look terrible. Yeah. And you can still ride for a while, yeah. but you're, you're missing that ability to have a stable platform to generate some power from. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's just a key, such a key thing that I've learned through you over the... Oh, I'm all good, thanks. Oh, we're all good, thank you. Um, cool. Yeah, that's one thing. Fantastic that, service here at China yeah, Republic. Yeah, yeah killing the dim some hours. That's it. Scotty Lawson was like fourth Diet Coke. That's it. Just <laughs> they keep him topped off. Keep me jitted. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, so that's that's definitely one thing I've learned. Even this year, like a lot of it, 
through yeah. you and stuff like that. But, uh, I'd say I have you to thank for quite a lot of the results. Hey, you're welcome, got, brother. So. Hey, and thanks for that jersey yeah. that you gave me. I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it was like one of the Australian national team kits you had when you used to race the track. Yeah. I've got it signed, and i got I got to hang it up now. i got a place I can actually hang it. Nice. That's my first signed jersey from someone who's actually good at riding bikes. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> um, so tell me, when you were... Uh, with the team off racing as we're at camps and stuff like that were you the only one that was doing stuff kind of off the bike too or is it they all kind of get into the idea that you really need to do stuff off the bike to keep your body healthy yeah like a lot a lot of the guys more so like after rides and stuff will tend after to, rides yeah we tend to do a little bit of stretching a few a few guys will do some activation type work yeah. um but not a lot of people have sort of tapped into it like always used to get like weird looks after like <laughs> breakfast I'm sort of standing there doing some like weird sort of like downward dog pose or like yeah trying to do some core stability on like one foot and stuff and they just look at give me like weird glances like what are, what are you actually doing <laughs> I'm like I'm turning my body on before yeah. I got riding and they're like okay. so what do you think kind of brought about that change like you know I, I tend to find it's with the riders that are getting a little for dare I say older yeah you know when you're in your late 20s and early 30s Gosh, when you're in your mid-30s in yeah. racing, you're older now. Those are the riders I talk to that tend to put a lot more energy into the off-the-bike work. Do you see the younger riders not doing that so much? Or is it a mixed bag? I think it's, yeah, I think it's a lot of a mixed bag. I think it's more so a lot of the younger riders aren't necessarily being educated on, right. on their off-the-bike type stuff. Like, oh, I know, I, Yeah, I know, like, a lot of people, like, PTs and stuff like that will come in and tell them, like, oh, like, you should be doing some core stability and you yeah. should be doing some gym work and you should be doing this, that, and the other. And all the kids are like, oh, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to go ride my bike and, like, race and stuff. I'm still uh, good at it anyway. Sad. There's, there's, yeah. It's sad. A lot of times but, it's an injury that occurs that kind of tells them they need to do that. Exactly. Or they hit some kind of plateau where mashing as much time on the bike as possible doesn't pay dividends anymore. Yeah, exactly. You know? And you're looking for that other outlet to that try and help outlet. you get that, that extra step, which is, I think, what a lot of riders tend to look for. They're just looking for that extra edge. That extra interval to do or that yeah. extra little training hack yeah exactly. training hack is this get off your bike and do some exercise that's like a normal human movement yeah like it's not it's not all on the bike no. type stuff like like even still like there's a few guys on the team that we have now that still don't necessarily try and do that type of stuff and i mean like we're all very good riders it's yeah. just like it'd be interesting to sort of see them sort of transition into say hey like what about if you did some like glute work or what if yeah. you did this or not just for that? performance enhancement which everyone wants that but also yeah. injury prevention like exactly. you know they think riders don't tend to think about injury prevention just in general yeah you know hey i've been riding well it's gonna stay like this forever until they start to have that nagging pain because this act this sport is just built on chronicity you do the oh. same thing over and over and yeah. over we're talking today, it's a sagittal plane activity, a forward-back activity. You're pushing forward, you're pulling back. You don't do anything left-right. God forbid you do any kind of rotation. No. That's why, like, today we had a PT session with Scott here, and we did everything but sagittal plane activity. Yeah. We did frontal plane. <laughs> we did rotation. We did stuff to stabilize your shoulders. And it was like, oh, okay, this is different. Yeah, it wasn't exactly a tickle, I'll tell you that much. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, then we then we take it for delicious Chinese food, so oh, no, I, you that know, butter it up there. Better, yeah. <laughs> All right, so you know, I'm I'm glad to hear that, um, you know, you value the off the bike kind of PT injury prevention and performance 
enhancement type of exercise. And it's been a pleasure working with you on and off this season, you know, sending you programs, kind of collaborating from afar. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that you become this example that I can offer for other writers too. It's like, you don't have to. Of course, you can come see me one-on-one -on -one and it's really yeah. beneficial, but like, it's the 21st century. Yeah. We've sent pictures across iPhone or phone calls. Like, we can collaborate across the world. When you yeah, go back to Australia now, like, I'm gonna progress your programs over the internet. Yeah. And it's gonna be just sweet. be the same. That's it. Speaking of Australia, uh -huh. this is probably, for all you listeners out there, this is my favorite thing to do when I ride with Scott, yeah. is learn Aussie <laughs> slang, <laughs> both wildly inappropriate yeah. and appropriate. <laughs> so we're going to stick with the appropriate ones. Yeah. Uh, my favorite one I learned today was skull a beer. Yeah. Which, what does skull a beer mean? Well, I guess the American translation for it would be to chug a beer. <laughs> so, yeah, for some, I don't know where it sort of came from, but just sculling a beer is just one of those things. It's, I think it's just part, written into every Australian's DNA, I guess. I like that one. That yeah. was my favorite. Even, uh, <laughs> yeah, we had a, we even had a prime minister that had the world record for the fastest scull, <laughs> sculling of a pint okay, glass. Okay, so it's a pint though, because we're dealing with, we're not dealing with like an American 12 ounce beer, we're dealing with no. like a pint. Yeah, like a, good, a pint. like a good, yeah, like a good like 16. What was the record, ounce. you know? Uh, oh gosh, I can't remember. Yeah, we should get pints right now and do yeah, this. No, that's right. it, you know, it's like it's like it's like noon on a it's Tuesday. It's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The other the other slang I learned the last time I rode with you and Reese. Yeah. My other favorite Aussie was was it she'll be right. Yeah, that's another good one. And so, okay, what's she'll be right? Yeah. Um, I think everything's just for Australians. It's just everything seems to be a girl. Like any <laughs> anything is just like it's a she or her or like so like yeah it it just turns into like instead of we tend to instead of having like long sentences or right. like long words it's just like yeah we'll just abbreviate it like okay like even to the point where I think uh, even like with coffee like um. Like a macchiato, we just go, oh, it's a mac. A mac. Or like, yeah, it's stuff like it's that. It's efficient. Yeah. Okay. Like, and, and you can even go like way beyond that and then say a full sentence you can cram into like one word instead That's, of saying like, yeah, um, yeah, like, hi there, like, how, how's it going? It's, g'day, mate, how's it going? Yeah. So it's like... Just li listening a, to you and Reese talk to each other, we were climbing a mountain, yeah. so I was <laughs> climbing behind them because I'm slow. And I was listening, and I was like, what are these two people talking about? Oh, it's unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, so, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I used She'll Be Right. Uh -huh. I was at the airport with my family. We are coming home from Hawaii. Yeah. We land on one plane in a smaller airport, Honolulu. We only got like 40 minutes to get my wife and I and our two little kids all the way across the airport to the next plane. Everyone's stressing, we're not going to make a connecting flight. And I looked at my wife and said, she'll be right. That's perfect. Nailed it. So the situation is going to work itself out. Yeah, that's it. Cool. And she looked at me and she's like, who's she? And I was like, um, the, situation. the problem, the situation. Okay. All right. My other favorite one, and this one may not be so appropriate, was taking the piss. Yes. Uh-huh. So Explain that one. All right. So taking the piss is like um, when you're you're in a situation and someone's being a bit too I guess over the top with it or like sort of doing or sort of I guess like doing the opposite of what you're sort of doing and like having no real regard for anyone right. else you're just taking it yeah so they're just taking what they, they so, kind of want so they're just taking the piss out of it okay yeah. so last time I rode with you and Reese, we were climbing 
a mountain and Reese and you were getting on form for Redlands and yeah. I'm a wannabe cat too so I don't climb that well <laughs> you guys are climbing and I was just trying to stick with you guys and just you guys kept accelerating and I was just taking the piss trying to hang on your yeah. wheel is that a good one that sounds about right that's yeah. all right well I was taking all of it yeah all right not, not something you want to happen all right well, speaking of taking the piss, we're finally sitting in the field for a long time. We're ready to start chasing the brake back. But first, we got to hit the feed zone. Ooh, yes. Which, uh, you know. My favorite part. Yeah. I want to be cool and pretend like I've actually ever been through a real feed zone. It's usually just like my wife handing me a bottle and, you know. Pure chaos. That's saying, what it, that's hey, what I hate it is. being here. Yeah. Uh, so, what's your favorite on-the-bike treat? Ooh. Favorite on-the-bike treat. I know. A good one. Okay. Um... I'd probably say my all-time favorite would have to be when I raced in Belgium in 20, 2011 or 2012, I think it was. They have these things over there they call like rice, it's like a rice tart or rice cake okay. type thing. So it's kind of like a little cake puff pastry type. Okay. Pie, like a little pie type okay, thing. Okay, you're making circles but, with your hands for yeah. listeners out there. So okay, good. It's probably the size of like... Uh, like a CD. Yeah. Like if a, you remember yeah. what CDs are. Yeah. But they've got like little mini ones and... Um, are they bland? Are they like sweet? Are they savory? It's like a sweet kind of pie, okay. but the filling is like... Um, like cream rice, like oh. vanilla cream rice type thing, but it's... So it's, it's like a, a rice cake with some filling in it. Yeah, and like it, and if it's in a pocket, it's in Belgium. Yeah, so wow. it's like a um, not expecting that one. Yeah, it's kind of actually it's more like a pie, like it's like okay. kind of like say like an apple pie, but without like the top on it. Not like it, an Aussie pie. No, 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 not like that. Although like, that sounds that sounds messy. I but you can't make it happen. Yeah, I did have one the other day in Fort Collins, which is of all places the weirdest thing I've. Fort Collins of. in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They you had, had a, a, full, pie? a full Australian meat pie shop. In, from like in a guy Fort from New South Wales. Yep. 100%. So he was like, it was funny because, so where I'm from is... Um, in Wollongong. Yeah, in Wollongong. If I murder that name, Wollongong. <laughs> New South Wales. Yeah, there, New Wollongong. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you've got where I, like Wollongong and then Sydney is like about an hour north of that. And okay. then another hour north of that was where this husband and wife... We're from. We're from the okay. move to Fort Collins. So they have like the legit Aussie pies. Yeah, legit Aussie pies. What's a legit like, Aussie pie? Like what makes it legit? Okay. Let's legit, get the truth. Right. What, what, is it, what makes it legit? Okay, a legit Aussie pie is, it's like normal standard kind of looking pie, but right. what what's inside of it is like, if you've got like good chunks of like chopped up steak. Oh, wow. Like big chunks of that. And then it's like a gravy inside there too. Oh, okay. So that's kind of a quintessential <laughs> pie. Like you can get like super cheap. And how kind big of are we talking? You know, make it with your hands. So, it fits in one hand? Yeah. So, okay, so the idea is you take hold a normal it size in one hand. Listener, hand. Yeah. Put it in your hand. There we go. Probably the size of like a CD. Like, like a CD. Like a CD. Like, it's a good yeah. reference. Yeah. You know? Everyone knows what a CD is. Yeah. 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 So it's probably like that big. I do have a photo of it. Like oh, I can man. show you. But um, yeah. So that... A quintessential meat pie is... So what you're telling me is the last time we wrote, I took you to this pie place. It was not a legit Australian pie. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I'm looking at a picture of this. Wow, that looks delicious. Yeah. You're right. It's about a CD. It's maybe kind of that 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 crust that's like inflate, nice and flaky and thick. Yeah, it was good. Is like that even... a Bundaberg ginger beer? Yeah. My favorite. Yeah. Another Australian brand. Yeah, so. this is the most Aussie meal I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So Taste I was telling. Home. Yeah, I was telling... Um, some of the guys about it and 
uh, I think Tara <laughs> Nick Taraka was a little yeah. hesitant about it because I was explaining it to him. I'm like, it's a meat pie, and this is what it is. And he's like, oh, a meat oh. pie. Like, it doesn't it doesn't sound awfully appealing. Like, well, on here paper. it's like pie. It's apple pie, cherry pie, chicken yeah. pot pie. Yeah. No, like, it's meat like, pie. Is like, what like are we talking meat. about? Yeah. yeah. Like, like shepherd's pie type shepherd's thing. Shepherd's pie, yeah. Yeah. And, and then Kevin was like, oh, I'll give it a go. And I, like, Atta went boy. and showed him. And, yeah, and he was like, it's good. And I was like, see? Yeah. Australians know some pretty yeah. good stuff. I'll and have to get after a, well, I don't eat meat, but I'll yeah. have a, a non-meat pie. Yeah, even um, <laughs> one of the, so one of our sponsors, Bont Cycling, that do our cycling shoes. Oh, they do your cycling. They do those, oh, those amazing, like, custom-molded shoes. Yeah. Those are great. So oh, Bond makes great shoes. Oh, they're ridiculously yeah. good. So the um, the guy that looks after that, that's from here, he lives down in Redondo Beach. Pete Coulson, he's another Aussie. We've known each other for years. Our families know each other and grown up. Or like our families have been like super close to each other. So yeah. I was telling him about it and I showed him another photo of it with the whole case of pies and stuff. And he's like, hold on, hold on, wait, go back. And I was like, what? what? And I'm like, <laughs> scroll back to the video and he's like is that a sausage roll a and sausage I, roll and i was like yeah it's a sausage roll and he like nearly lost his mind he's like i love so he's like pies and sausage rolls it's like quintessential like australian food <laughs> it's pretty much just like a pastry like probably uh, i don't know maybe uh, like 10 centimeters long okay um like sort of round and it's like sort of minced sausage type yeah. thing like in that and that's a sausage roll. And wow. Yeah. We're, we're, having, we're gonna have Scotty Law's tour of Australians stapled food yeah. here oh. and PT. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, <laughs> oh, great. actually another, um, another saying would be dead horse. Oh, okay. Which is tomato, dead horse. Yeah, tomato sauce. Tomato sauce? Tomato, yeah, like uh, ketchup. Oh. So it's like, Another okay, way so for saying ketchup is dead horse, which is Another way for sauce. saying ketchup. So if I want, if I order some french fries right now, yeah. say, hey waiter, I need some ketchup, I would say dead horse. Yeah, I'll get some dead horse. That sounds really gross. Yeah. I think it's sort of come <laughs> from that whole, like, the British sort of sayings as well, because yeah. like, they'll sort of have ones like, let's hit the frog and toad, which is, let's hit the road. Let's hit the road. So it's kind of playing off that as well. So, so. you can see my confusion when I was riding with Scott and Reese that one time, <laughs> and they were like, tell them we should go do something, and I'm following them like, I have no clue what we're doing. Yeah. I don't see any frogs or toads, we're in the desert. We just start making up words. Okay, just, so yeah. that was pretty good on the bike treat. It was yeah. this Belgian rice cake pie thing. Yeah. All right. Okay, so the other feed zone break question. Let's say you're taking a break from riding, which you are. Uh -huh. What's your favorite activity or thing to do to kind of chill out and relax? Or other activity outside of cycling? Oh, okay. Because you don't uh, live on... Contrary to popular belief, Scott Law does not live on the bike. No. <laughs> That's it. You may think it, but... You may think it. Yeah. Um, Tales have been told he lives on yeah, the bike, yeah. but we're, we're, we're crushing <laughs> the rumors now. He does not. Yeah, so I think for me... Especially this year, I've become madly obsessed with food. Like, <laughs> Hence our like dim sum interview live yeah. from China Republic. Yeah. <laughs> Great service, by the way, as the waiter looks at me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so since since being here, I think I've kind of like started delving into like So you've become food. a foodie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I've kind of gotten into that type of thing. So like now, now that I have some free time to go do stuff and 
even though I'm still, my body is not quite used to <laughs> inhaling as much food <laughs> as I want it to yeah. when I'm trying to make the most of it. I've just become obsessed with checking out like quintessential little spots. Okay. Like, um, I guess like being in LA, you check out in and out and yeah. like, and even to the point where I've started watching these videos on YouTube about uh, this guy um, that owns uh, the sh- oh, what's the name of the shop uh, called Egg Slut. Oh like, yes, um, yeah. Egg Slut. They do like the um, egg sandwiches and stuff like that. He does like his full burger show and like go okay. runs through the history of burgers and stuff like that. Yeah. And I like got really into that. So like I've even like good like checked Yelp and like saved the places. So like I'm oh, just ticking. It's like my like food wish list. I this guess. is this is a good you know foodie hobby being yeah. a bike rider. Yeah, I know. know. It's like <laughs> even to the point where like yesterday I think I went to uh, I drove into Echo Park. Yeah, that's right. And went to Lannisters or something like that. Okay. It's like a pastrami like world famous pastrami shop. Got like this their famous world like pastrami. To be fair, it was really good really like, good ridiculously good nice probably not the what it cost though like a yeah. pastrami sandwich for $20 was like yeah it's all about the hype man I know all about the hype all, it was such, such about the hype but still like that was pretty good and so okay. for me like traveling certain places and trying different that's a things. pretty good off the bike activity I know <laughs> alright so speaking of your new foodie uh, obsession dim mm-hmm. sum in China Republic what's the verdict what was your favorite dishes? What are your critiques? Ooh, what do you think about the experience? Dishes. Um, How to do this, the you know resident Asian? <laughs> you did Wood, very well. No, Wood. I left it all to you because like oh, okay. I'm I'm not. I'd rather go with someone that knew what they were knew what to look for. I just pretended. Than, okay. What was yeah. your favorite thing we had today? I would probably say the. What was that one again? Salty spicy squid. That's the one. So anyone who's listening, if you've ever been to a legit dim sum place and you order the salty spicy squid, they're literally like little, like this is a squid. You see that I can count the tentacles on it (laughs) and it's just wrapped in friedness. That's, with jalapenos on it and chili That's another oil. good thing with, um, like, in Australia. This looks amazing. You get, like, um, fried calamari, and if it's yeah. like that, it's like... Okay. So you like the si- salty spice squid? I was a huge fan of the chow mein. That, is, that was also good. Because this is, like, the Canton, the Canton or Hong Kong style, which is nice and crispy on the outside. Mm. That's what Grandma Wu would make. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, you were mentioning uh, you went to a barbecue place in Texas. What was it? Yes. You went to a, barbe- a quintessential barbecue place in Texas. What yes. was that like? That was... That was unreal like um didn't didn't go to like franklin's because i'd heard of some pretty ridiculous things about that place that people were lining up at like six in the morning and the place doesn't open until 10 like camping out and waiting for this barbecue place to open and i was like okay maybe not go there but (laughs) um yeah just like barbecue in texas was pretty unbelievable um Pizza in New York. I didn't actually oh, yeah. try. I didn't actually try a bagel in New York, which I'm a little bit sad about. But oh, that's uh, all right. Now you have a reason yeah. to go back. I know. That's it. I just got more reasons to come back. Okay. Um, what are you gonna hit but, before you leave Southern California? Ooh. Ooh. I know that's tough. I you, think you've already been indoctrinated into the In and Out vibe. Yeah, already got already gotten into that. Maybe. I'd have to get like a mission style burrito, I guess. Okay. That'd probably be you gotta go get like a legit burrito. Yeah. Or, or, or a. I'll just get something. <laughs> or a one crazy of those. dirty Cadillac margarita. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I know, um. I have seen videos of like these 
crazy burritos online and stuff where people oh, are throwing yeah. like hot Cheetos and stuff in it and okay, something yeah, yeah. else and they're like the size like of your the forearm. the Millennium Burrito. Yeah. Okay. Size of your forearm. Well, that sounds like, that, like a so. good little bit of foodie uh, touring you're going to have before you leave. Yeah. So, uh, we, we're out of the feed zone. We got a lot of food in the feed zone. Yeah. Um, you're getting ready. Uh, we're, we're coming up towards the finish here. So, um, now that, you know, this season's kind of come to an end, what are your general plans? You kind of think about for next season, if you could talk about that a little bit, or what do you plan to do in the off season? Uh, well, off season sounds like it's going to be pretty big, more so probably off the bike than on the bike. My brother's getting married. Oh, congratulations. Get, yeah. So, um, I've been entitled as best man for the wedding, yeah. so I have to somewhat be official, I guess, and, oh. and, and get home and, and help out in some way, shape, or form. I can't yeah. keep hiding out here all the time. Yeah, and, hiding out and in, pop the, in the, the last US. second. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So, um, be doing a bit of that, catching up with friends, family. Because um, you've been home, you've been away from home for a while now. Yeah, it's been close to six or seven months now, something okay. like that. So. Um, yeah, it'd be good to see everyone back home and, and yeah. do all that kind of thing. Pull out um, your winter coat. Yeah, that's it's it. It's winter. I know. Oh, I know. That's, <laughs> that is one thing I'm not looking forward to. Just, yeah. <laughs> I was just praying for, like, I was able to just keep this, like, three-year of endless summer, just keep it rolling. Oh, but yeah. I don't. I, I think I'm not going to be able all to get All good things coming to an end. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So what about next season? What's 2019 shaping up for, if you can talk about it at all? Yeah, I think 2019, I think I'm sort of looking to make a slight change of pace try and get back to sort of enjoy like not so much not enjoy like I've always enjoyed riding my bike and stuff yeah. but I think sort of making time to spend more time at home and also still travel a bit but as well as like sort of making a slight transition into doing something more so than just being a bike rider and, right so mentoring and, some other riders and coaching yeah yeah that's always been like a passion of mine like yeah. I've always sort of talked to a few a few people about it and um I think one of the things that I've learned throughout the years is I, me personally, I feel a, more of a sense of accomplishment seeing someone that I've helped or um, talked to in, in helping in some way, shape or form succeed rather than myself getting the chance to put my hands in the air and stuff. That's I mean, awesome. like, it's always great to do that type of thing, but I, I get more of a sense of pride and accomplishment from helping someone and seeing them do that rather than... I think there is the foundation for what makes a good coach and mentor. I think you'll do a fantastic job in whatever you do. Yeah, thanks. So I'm looking forward to see what um, develops over the off-season and next-season and just I know whoever you have the ability to impact their lives, they're going to really appreciate it and get something special out of you because you yeah. just hanging out with you while you've been here in Southern California and helping you out has totally helped me as a make me a better writer and a better therapist. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, yeah. Scott. Yeah, well, thank so, you very much. How are your legs feeling? They're fresh in this race here. That's it. Been hit the feed zone. It. Yeah. The sprint's got, coming. We got, got sprint the white finish line questions. Fever. There you go. White yeah. line fever. All right. Most epic slash painful ride ever. Okay. First thing that so, comes to your mind. Yep. So I've got one. Uh, we, a, a few buddies of ours decided that we were going to go out and do a ride where um, I think it was going to be 200 and... We kind of mapped it out, and it was 250 kilometers. Okay, so this is a whole. Yeah, in okay. one in one day. That's a lot. Yeah, and yeah, it was close that to is in miles. Yeah. I'll look it up while you talk. It was like close to four, 
4,000 meters of climbing. For okay, so it's like 115 miles of 4,000 meters? Meters, Good yeah. God. Of climbing for the one day. Uh, we had like three, three mountain passes I think we had to go up. Um, this is but, out of Wollongong? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so we had this big loop planned and so we... <laughs> Sort of started at like six in the morning, rolled out the door, got into it, caught up with a few people on the way. Yeah. Like kind of made a like a big day out of it type thing. Stopped All day off, bike ride. Yeah, like stopped off at a few spots, did a few things. We got to lunchtime and it starts raining. So, and this is like halfway through the ride. So oh. we're like a hundred maybe 100, 120k into the ride. It's okay. got like 120k to go, something like that. We're all eating lunch and stuff like that. And we're all a bit cracked at this point. So <laughs> I disti uh, distinctly remember it was like myself and my brother, yeah. like two or three other mates of ours. It was just five of us just out riding. And I was like, look guys, there's gonna come a point right now where I'm gonna be really head cracked and I'm gonna start yelling and screaming at you all. Like if you start talking back to me, I'm gonna like tell you to <laughs> tell you to F off or I'm gonna probably try and hit you or something like that. But just like just know that I love you. Like yeah. I'm gonna say it now <laughs> so that like you have that in your mind and they're like, okay, cool. And then like Sure enough, like 10, 15 minutes later, I'm like, I'm not riding down that descent over there. It's wet. Yeah. I'm going to crash. Like, I'm riding home. And everyone's like, no, no, we've got to do it. We've got to keep going through it. I'm like, screw you guys. I'm not doing it anymore. Like, I'm over <laughs> this ride. I'm like, kicking and screaming. Like, no, no. Did you make it home? Yeah, we did. We, we did the whole thing. Oh like, my god! We got to as we got to this descent, it had actually cleared up, which oh, was okay. surprisingly. And then got to the end of that and then but we all sort of like you all go through that kind of experience of oh. doing a ride where everyone hits a wall and, and you everyone. just hate each other you yeah. hate being on a bike but and you just want to go home exactly so and that's what makes an epic ride yeah epic ride is one that you hate being in yeah exactly so that that was kind of one that always has always sort of resonated with me is doing that ride nice because it was just a bunch of us just riding our bikes like getting out Memories. of there yeah and like everyone just had a certain point where they weren't feeling great and yeah. we all sort of rallied around each other and, and kept that's what it's all about and yeah I think we had a couple of those type of rides on our training camp this year with Elevate <laughs> as well and I've had it in the previously on other training camps um, we sort of did so that same sort of epic ride that we did the other um, that few years ago um, we had another team I was riding for in Australia we did the same sort of thing no. and as we, as we were going down that descent it literally felt like you were descending into hell like it, it like the temperature went from like maybe 90s something like that at the top of the climb and then we at descended the top, it at got the, hotter it got hotter oh, as geez. we went into this valley it got to like maybe 110 115 in the valley and you just could not like breathe or anything like that it was just ridiculous so that sounds epic yeah so okay. that was another another sort of epic ride yeah I i'm guess. gonna skip that one yeah but switching gears <laughs> from most epic or painful ride to what's your favorite race either for you to go participate in or to watch okay uh favorite race i'd have to say would be tulsa tough it's <laughs> shock it, yeah i know it's it's really hard i think just for me i think the whole atmosphere of the race yeah. and just being there and that whole vibe 
about the race is just so infectious and you're the second person just, on this podcast to say Tulsa Tough is their favorite yeah Hunter said it was his favorite too yeah yeah oh, it's it's just ridiculous like it's just it's, it's so hard to describe like what about it just makes it what it is but it's just I think it's just it gets you excited that to race atmosphere. your bike yeah it gets you it, excited to race your bike too bad every race doesn't have that kind of atmosphere too yeah bad races in the domestic scene don't have that kind of vibe like that's it like it's Tulsa or bust. Yeah, exactly. So I think it, like, kind of, I guess, to sort of put it in perspective, it's sort of like the Super Bowl yeah. for us. Like, it's kind of like just the hype and, like, all the people there. The participation, just, the fans. I mean, like, yeah. where else can you have a course like that? It's literally lined. Yeah. Like, five people deep. Yeah, the I'm watching the live feed and I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah, and people are just going nuts for it and just loving every minute of it. So that that to me has always sort of resonated as like one of my all-time favorite races to do like nice. every, ever since i did it back in like 20 yeah 2011 or 12 or whenever it was I, I told myself even after having such a bad race there i was yeah. like i have to come back and do you this. have to re- and you, yeah. you have redemption you've won every stage at least once yeah and the overall yeah so <laughs> scotty log king of tulsa now i just have to try and like put that all together in one year nice <laughs> <I'll say. laughs> so Coming up on that white line fever uh-huh. in the sprint, did did you get it today? Did you get the sprint? Ooh, depends. Who was in the race? Uh, who was in the race? <laughs> uh, you went from long on those Ooh. ninety millimeter head wheels you're oh, talking yeah. about. That's it, my go-to. All right. Okay. Oh, I definitely got it then. Okay, yeah, Scotty Law. Yeah. He won it. He won it, and he went from long. Because yeah. that's the boss way to go. Long, is to sprint long and strong. Long and strong. <laughs> so last thing, while you take your victory lap. What's a what's a piece of wisdom you'd like to impart on either like new and younger riders? We talking about this a yeah, lot. I know. Um, I think one thing that definitely I have been a firm, firm believer in ever since I sort of started racing and started trying to take it more serious, like more professionally, yeah. is just go out and enjoy your bike. Like that's one thing that I like we sort of talked about on our ride today is just you see so many young kids and like young adults come through race their bikes and want to want to do well at it and they get to a point where they've just been smashed so much that they just lose lose the love of the sport and that's that's the one thing that kills a lot of people is just losing that love for the sport so they don't enjoy it yeah exactly so you just you got to get hard enough exactly so when you do enjoy it (laughs) yeah exactly so you want to you want to find you want to be passionate about it and you want to be out there racing your bike because you enjoy racing your bike and have a good time and catch up with friends and and do that type of thing. So we do days like this where we ride the bike, chill out, yeah. have some Chinese food. Exactly. Yeah, so these days is just as more more memorable than the, the hard training days sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, and even sometimes even more than more so than the wins. Yeah. That you get on the bike. It's just one of those things. It's like the uh, one thing I had learned early on in my career when I was like first year pro. Yeah. From one of my directors was one thing that he told me is the moment you start thinking about dollar signs and race wins and stuff like that is the moment your career starts to die and that's one thing that's yeah that's one thing that's kind of resonated with me i've never 
every time I've raced my bike or anything like that, I've never thought about how much money I'm going to win or like, oh, what's this win going to do for me and show off how good I am and this, that, and the other. It's just like, no, I'm, I'm out there to race my bike because I enjoy racing my bike. And nice. Well, my career is over then. All I think about is wins and money, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm beating everybody yeah. in the next city limit yeah. sign and I'm taking all their free premiums. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so oh. what I'm taking away today from Scotty Law is some of the best advice. En enjoy riding your bike. Uh, get off the bike and do some exercise if you want to get stronger. Um, don't take the piss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and always enjoy the people around you. Go out and experience new things. And I got to tell you, anyone who's listening, the, anytime I've ever hung out with Scott, he's always had a smile on his face. He's been present makes you feel like the most important person in the world and the kind of people that he attracts around him are nothing but good so i'd argue another half of your success is just the fact that you draw in good people around you and they just want to do well like when i'm hanging out with you i just want to i want to let you down i want to help you as a therapist i want to be a better bike rider so i can't imagine what team gets you next year but whoever does they're in store for quite a treat and whoever you decide to help mentor or coach they're just going to be that much better of a person as well as an athlete because of you so thanks scotty law mr hot sauce yeah. <laughs> for joining us on the resurgence of the so-called bike pt podcast coming to you live from china republic yeah. we should probably get out of here yeah. we now have tur a complete turnover yeah. of everyone that was sitting around us not a single person that we sat down with yeah 45 minutes ago is still here so yeah. I think it's time we overstayed our welcome our scallion so pancakes close. and the manager are ready yeah. for us to leave <laughs> alright Scott thanks for that. hanging out with me today yeah. writing and coming out on the podcast hope to see more and talk to you more soon absolutely and see what you're up to next year alright yeah thanks so much for all your help throughout the year and um, thanks for letting me be a part of your life and, and everything like that so can't thank you enough. All right, we'll catch you out there. All right, thank you, listeners. Next, Keep in touch for the next episode. God knows when I'm going to get it out there. Now that i am uh, come out of hibernation and see what the world is like again, maybe like a, episode six won't be six months away from now. Like so. a grizzly bear. Like a grizzly bear. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Majestic. Timmy Time, Dr. Timmy Time here, signing off. Scott, see you on the next time. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the SoCal Bike PT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow the SoCal Bike PT Podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes Podcast today. For potentially helpful and marginally entertaining bike and physical therapy stuff, be sure to follow at SoCalBikePT on Instagram and Facebook. For all of your physical therapy needs on and off the bike, call or text SoCalBikePT at 909-547-5856 or send it straight to the inbox at SoCalBikePT at gmail.com. See you on the starting line of the next episode of the SoCal Bike PT Podcast.